0: need some motivation on your Chinese business endeavour, may be curious about what the Chinese business environment is all about, or want to laugh out loud listening to war stories on the ground in China. Then this is your show, China Business Cast.
1: So for this week in the China Business Cast, we have a very interesting change of direction. So we're still going to be doing all the shows that we're already doing. We're going to keep continuing doing that on a two-week basis, roughly. But we're going to be adding a new series. It's going to be called uh, the She Leads series. She Leads is run by Anita Lai, which has been a good friend for me for quite a few years here in Chengdu. So let's uh, welcome on Anita.
2: Thanks, Yas. Hi, this is Anita Lai from She Leads.
1: So this is the first time um, Anita is getting on a podcast, so give her a little bit of slack. But uh, let's jump in first. But tell me a little bit about yourself and and what does SheLead do, uh, Anita?
2: Sure. My name is Anita Lai, the founder of SheLead, a platform and network for all professional females in China.
1: How long have you been doing uh, SheLead?
2: So um, we launched a year ago. So we just had our one year anniversary last week.
1: So tell me a little bit about uh, the anniversary. Um, What did you organize? Because that's what we're going to be having in the podcast uh, today as well.
2: Sure. Yeah. So I actually run my own business in the food and cultural experience areas. But a year ago, I really wanted to find a mentor for myself, for my professional career development purpose. But at that time, uh, there, are not, there is not such a thing existing in China. Um, so I thought it would be a good idea to bring it to the community, not to just benefit myself, but also to benefit more young females in the community.
1: Uh, That's pretty cool. So you build a whole network and community for females to get more involved in leadership and entrepreneurship. And you've got a whole network of uh, mentors and then for mentees now running, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. So the outcome has uh, gone over our expectation for sure. Uh, We quickly got a massive social response from the public. So we feel there's a need for it. On one side of Xili's uh, purpose is to connect young professional females with senior female leaders for their career development. And on the other side, we want to promote more female leaders as the real role models for, for more people to look up to.
1: I think that is awesome. I, when I started my business, I don't know, it's been 12 years ago, 13 years ago. I never had any, any model or mentor to, to help me being in business or running a business or just being a a high professional is never, never easy when you're starting out. And I think. Having a support network for that, that is great.
2: Yeah, exactly. And now you don't only have one mentor. You have a whole group, a whole big family to support you so that we can we can all share our resources and support each other and learn from each other within this whole networking community.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And last uh, weekend or what we're going to be hearing in the episode is a recording of... Your one year anniversary, and you have five different guests. Um, Yes, all
2: high profile speakers. Really experienced the leaders. Um, in the industry. So we wanted to create this dialogue between female and uh, male leaders. That's because for the past year's experience in planning female-related activities, one thing we realize is we always get a whole full house of amazing females in the room, but we never see the men. So we wanted to use this chance to create a meaningful conversation between the male and female leaders so to also encourage more male support for female leadership.
1: Unfortunately, I wasn't able to make uh, the event last Friday, but I heard it was a, was a blast, and uh, 120 people showed up and, and learned and had a great time. So, with that being said, Anita's going to be joining more from the She Leads side, and we're going to be doing a She Leads series of female entrepreneurs, female leaders, and female professionals in and around China. So to let a different voice be heard. From, from this side of the world. With that being said, can you give us a, a quick introduction of the panel and the guests that, uh, that you had on, on your event?
2: Sure, we're actually super honored to have a special lady to join us for our one year anniversary. Mrs. Adelmus from Pandora USA. She is also one of the nine diverse leaders selected from the United States for the Eisenhower Fellowship.
1: That's that's really cool. Uh, so we had a nice high-profile uh, guest uh, on the on the event. Who were the the other speakers? Can you quickly name them?
2: Sure. So Adam is joined us as our special host to navigate the panel discussion, and then we also have five other leaders to represent the two sides of the dialogue, such as two amazing Shiliz mentors, female leaders, and also three other male champions, such as the U.S. Council General or the General Manager of Temple House and the HR Director of the Race Cards in Chengdu.
1: Okay. Thanks for the introduction uh, to that, uh, Anita. I'm, I'm really happy to have you and have she Leads as a new series on the, on the podcast. So become part of the China Business Cast, which we can show and let people hear the voice about female professionals and female leaders and female entrepreneurs in in china i think that's a voice we don't hear too much about uh, and i'm really happy that we can share that with the audience through the she leads and community so i'm really happy to have you on the show with that um and with that being said let's go listen in to the to the panel discussion of the first one-year anniversary of the she leads community
2: thank you jans let's hear it So now we can finally get into our exciting part of the night. The theme of tonight is uh, the dialogue. So as I said earlier, we learn as we go and we always try to make it better than the last time. For the past year's experience in planning female leadership related activities, we realized one thing is uh, where are the men? <laughs> so we always get a full house of amazing women, but like 3 out of a 100 are men or 1 out of a 50. <laughs> So I want to ask the panel today, where did you go? <laughs> but it is our honor for you to be here tonight. Um, I do want to say that gender equality is never a woman's issue. It's not a one-sided dialogue. Therefore, we want to use the opportunity today to create meaningful conversations between the female and male leaders. Luckily, we got many of uh, great male champions here to support such matters tonight. So by having such leaders in the room today, we hope to share with you their wisdom from different walks of life. They are here sitting around decision-making tables and using their diversity of life experience to make real changes in the world. So I'll give the mic back to Adelmus. All right, thank you. I think we're gonna go ahead and
3: start with introductions. Maybe a minute or so, if we could start down this way with a brief introduction about yourself, and then we'll dive into more questions, and we'll come down the line.
0: Okay, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Sean. Um, I've been staying with the riskcount company for almost 10 years. Um, uh, after my study in Australia, I' back to Shanghai, joined the Fudong Risk consultant. then uh, I started as food and beverage, now uh, moved to human resources. Well, uh, I'll leave more information later, oh, okay. Thank you.
3: <laughs> I forgot to also add, share one fun fact about yourself.
0: Oh, well, um, one fun fact. Oh, well, um, I'm honestly, my boss is still here, so I... Um, I like my job.
4: <laughs> That's one, okay. That's pretty funny. <laughs>
5: So my name is Eleanor Bedford, I'm the Director of Programming with the U.S.-China Friendship Volunteers here based in Chengdu, also known as Peace Corps. Actually, my most important identity here is I am a She Leads mentor to four amazing young women who inspire me all the time. And let's see, a fun fact, I love tango, Argentinian tango.
4: Uh, good evening, everyone. I'm very happy to be here. My name is Jim Molinax. I'm the U.S. Consul General uh, here in Chengdu. I've been here now for about two years. And uh, one fun fact about me is that... Uh, uh, <laughs> okay, my name is uh, Ian.
6: Uh yeah, my Chinese name is Zhang Yi. Um, I come from the Zhongnan Law Firm. It's one of the top three um, Chinese law firms, and we have several branches, uh, in China and in San Francisco as well. So yeah, I'm happy to know that. And it is uh, previously was a lawyer, and I'm a lawyer. But previously I was a judge, and I worked in the court for about ten years, and and uh, uh so. I went to uh, a UK firm and uh, worked there for those Fortune 500 companies, and also their subsidiaries or um, subsidiary companies in China. And um, the most interesting part of me is I like playing guqin. I'm not very sure whether you know it or not, but... Chinese ancient instruments. the, The reason I choose that instrument is because It never makes any noises. Even even if it makes it, nobody else besides you outside 50 meters can hear.
7: Good evening, beautiful ladies. My name is Kurt Machen. and I'm the general manager of the Temple House. Uh, I've been living in Chengdu now for 30 years, and I'm originally from Austria, from a very small village, and have been living all over the world for the past 20 years, I left Austria in 1999, Um, and it's a true honor to be here, I've been raised by two strong women, my mom and my grandmother, and my dad wasn't pretty much in my life, so I can relate to you, and my fun fact is that I'm an openly happy, married gay man, and all my friends are women, so there you go.
3: Thank you, everyone, for that. Um, The fun fact, I think, is my favorite part of moderating the (laughs) panel. Sean, we'll come back to you. Okay. (laughs) All right. Um, First question, I'm gonna throw that to Eleanor. What do you think are the top three characteristics of a good leader?
5: I love this question because I have done a lot of thinking about it over probably the 25 to 30 years of my career as I've continuously refined what it is to be a leader. So I used to think it was vision. You had to have vision, because many people don't, and it's a gift to have it. But vision, without the ability to strategically communicate that vision to others, doesn't count for much. So strategic communication, That ability to inspire people about possibilities that don't yet exist, that's another huge trait that is necessary for leadership. So I was about to say, but, and this is a really big but, because all of the rest doesn't matter without this key piece. Leadership is really about a way of being. It's not about doing. The difference between being a manager and being a leader, being a manager is all about doing. Doing usually through others. Being a leader is about a way of being. That just by who you are and your deep commitment to that vision and what's possible, you inspire people and they can sense it from you in everything you say, and do. It is aligned with your vision and your commitment. So it's about being. Thank you, Eleanor, that was great. Um,
2: yes.
3: <laughs> um, Kurt, I was curious to see if there
7: were any factors you would add
3: to what Eleanor just said.
7: I think also it's very important that you know as a leader you of course lead by example and you talk the dog and um, as Helena said very much that, that passion comes through um, and unfortunately sometimes as leaders we have to make difficult situations but uh, when I have to make difficult situations I always put in mind my team, the organization the business as a whole to make that decision for the better of the company or for the better of certain individuals and sometimes you have to make those difficult decisions to lead by example and and follow through your passion and your vision. Thank you, Kurt.
3: I'm gonna, uh, the next question I'm gonna ask Ian and Jim to answer that. Um, Globally there is a gender imbalance in the workplace, particularly when you think about the senior and executive levels of many companies and organizations first of all the question is whether do you agree there is an imbalance if you agree what do you think are the factors contributing to that imbalance
6: and um, actually to be working in Chengdu Shanghai Beijing and Hangzhou especially for those culture related companies or some other companies i do not agree that the, yeah, I do agree to us, to some extent that there are gender imbalance. But the imbalance is not is not the way that we think. There are more uh, senior uh, male leaders, but uh, to the contrary, it, it, it is more female leaders. Especially in Chengdu, we all know that there's there are there's a saying saying Chengdu men are耙耳朵, right? <laughs> and Yes, sub here. And so but in some urban area, especially for some um, less developed cities or towns, uh, um, and there are some um, definitely there are some imbalance that there are less female leaders or female senior uh, associates or something. So I means that there do exist this kind of imbalance to some extent. But it depends on which city, which area, which industry, or what kind of situation they really face with. Um, especially for, for imbalance, we're saying that um, in those technology-related companies, they may have this kind of thing particularly, especially for their uh, top leader. Uh, but for some kind of culture-related or travel or education-related industries, there are definitely a lot of female leaders. Yeah. So, so to to the uh, answer the second question in relation to the big biggest factors, um, for to for the reason of this, I think maybe uh, female leaders they have much more uh, other things to do because they will definitely they will look after their kids if they have, and they will take care of their husband as well. And, and they were also looking after their parents, parents-in-law. So that means that female leaders have much more shoulders to looking, to look after their families. Um, but maybe and a lot of male leaders will have more excuse saying, I need to commitment to my work instead of my family, my kids. So, I think that's the main reasons because female leaders are mother as well, and a daughter, and a wife. They have much more social responsibilities, more than
4: male leaders. Good. very, very provocative. <laughs>
3: that's why we have a mixed channel.
4: good, good. <laughs> uh, You know, from my perspective, uh, you mentioned many industries that, uh, at least in some places in China, uh, tend to be dominated by female uh, leaders, female managers, female executives. Um, you know, I hope we have a chance later on in our discussion to talk about why. Why is it that these industries tend to be more dominated by female uh, leaders? And in other industries, you mentioned high tech and, and perhaps some others, uh, maybe it's less, uh, less opportunities for women. I think globally... Women clearly are not leading all of the, you know, the Fortune 500 companies that we talked about. Uh, you know, there's a long way to go in those areas. Uh, and while we see some progress, there's certainly, you know, plenty of plenty of room for improvement, including in my own field, which is in in government in foreign affairs. Uh, I work for the U.S. State Department, and uh, we have now a much better gender balance than we did when I first started 25 years ago. Uh, But it's still only about maybe 35 to 40% women and about 60% men. And at the top levels uh, of the US government, uh, you see far more men than you do women. And so why is that? I think part of the reason is that as women have been coming into the government more in the last 10 to 15 years to address some of these gender imbalances, they have, they have yet to have the opportunities to rise to the most senior levels, uh, because of just seniority. Uh, there are still some institutional barriers. You know, we talk about old boy networks, uh, you know, men who are uh, advising, mentoring, promoting, young men who remind them of themselves. Uh, it's a very natural thing to do, you know I think for people to to want to help people like themselves um, but you know obviously we need to find ways to break out of that that mindset. Uh, as you mentioned, you know the family pressures on women I think are are still much greater than on men. Um, you know i I'll use myself as an example. Um, you know some of you may know my wife, but uh, you know she's uh, she does a lot uh, in addition to her career outside, she also does a lot inside uh, the home, taking care of our kids. I try to help, also. <laughs> you know, some nights I go home and watch the kids while she goes to you know her different events or activities. But uh, the balance tends to be more in my favor. One of the things that uh, I, I recently had an interesting conversation with uh, a female colleague, um, she wants to get pregnant, but she's afraid that if she lets her boss know that she's going to uh, lose some uh, opportunities, and that's something that I never had to face as a man. I just want to clarify, I'm not her boss. <laughs> um, but that's also a challenge I think for women who are you know trying to be successful in business or in career fields that you know if they if you uh, take time off sometimes that uh, leads people to leads the senior management to question commitment or there's a perception that maybe you know you're not as serious which I think is clearly not true but uh, it's a it's a a mistaken perception that continues to exist, and I think uh, hold women uh, back from advancing in their careers. And one, quickly, one last point, and that is that uh, there are people who believe that female uh, communication styles, female leadership styles, uh, are not forceful enough, uh, sometimes not respected enough. But they they uh, don't see women as uh, inspiring enough, and I. I think that's also a a really mistaken perception, but it's something that exists and sometimes can hold women back in the workforce.
3: Thank you, Jim. Sean, (laughs) coming to you. (laughs)
8: Um,
3: Obviously, you are in HR, and as a labor and employment attorney myself, I know very well the importance of companies really focusing and investing on developing all leaders, but particularly women, I believe, to the senior levels of the organization. In light of what you've heard about some of the challenges for female leaders and whatever they're in organizations, different industries, what do you think companies can do to help advance more women or clear some of those barriers, or what do you think individual managers who are male can do in those companies?
0: So, thank you. May I pick the last question, though? <laughs> All
8: right. already one chance.
0: Okay. <laughs> sure. Um... We'll still go back to the last question. We're talking about the imbalance of the female leaders and male leaders. And follow up with this question. Um, for me, um, pretty much like 20 years ago, 10 years ago, you still see people identify the job because of their gender. You know, I'm working in the hotel industry, so um, a group of people, senior leaders, stay in the Sitting, sitting in one room, and then you find there's only human resource director is female, the rest is male. Well, um, but ladies are very easy to thinking, and they have the sixth sense. So, it's, it's very dangerous if they think, okay? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, but then, our ladies keep asking, why, why, why? Why I don't get a senior level position? Why, you know, after giving birth, I cannot go back to work? Why I cannot get the same, you know, um, equity as a gentleman in the working industry? Well, uh, years, years later, we do have those amazing programs for female leaders. So that's why I end up as a human resource director and uh, some ladies become the general managers. One of my senior leaders, my vice president, she, once we had this discussion, because um, back to the question, I keep it short. Um, because some people said, you know, uh, how can you, you know, provide more opportunity for ladies and how can you involve more gentlemen to that? This is one of the example. One of the leaders talked to our vice president and uh, said, you know, you know what my department is short of Man. Then my senior leader asked this person say, "You know, do you think you're short of men, or as ladies tell you they cannot do the job? Or why you have this kind of thinking way?" Then this gentleman, this, this leader go back to his department and check out the ladies working for him. They're actually happy, and they have a career eager to develop as managers or even director of this certain area. What we think thinking is the mindset of male, or even most of our parents, <laughs> needed to change. So stop to stop tell you, you know, you have to stay be here, stay comfortable, find a comfortable place, find a comfortable, you know, home, just get married and having a baby and blah, 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 that do, you need to, thinking differently. Treat lady fair, it's all about mindset. One last thing, if you find uh, unfair outside in the industry, welcome to hospitality, welcome to hospitality. <laughs> Thank you,
3: Sean. Um, Kurt, may- maybe in one minute or less, if you can or add anything to what
7: Sean said. Sure, I, I think the-, the key is with-, with any organization, you should employ um, your leaders and your staff based on merit, based on experience, Um, you know, taking aside um, you know sexual orientation, color, race. um, I think a a, a good organization, a well-balanced organization is a good mix of both. Um, I'm also happy to say in the Temple House, in my leadership team, we have equal 50% male and 50% female, um, which is a great balance. And, uh, and overall in our hotel, we have 66% female and the rest is male. Rage Hindu style, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's important that you know when you mentor females, from my experience, that when females become leaders, they should never forget the nurturing side, the caring side. I also had experiences with some of my female bosses that they lost it and I have seen them grow in their career and once they became big shot uh, leaders that um, they tr- changed for the worse and then there was a negative impact. So I think um, it is, I feel that male and female, both of them bring a different side of leadership and nurturing and caring to each organization and we should never forget that. And if we mentor them, it's important to foster that and bring the best out of of females, so they can be successful. Because I think all the males, when they look at females, they think about the mother, and that's always the nurturing side is coming back in full force.
3: Thank you, Kurt. So we have about seven minutes or so, six or seven minutes, right? I always it's This is amazing. We could talk about this issue all night but yeah. I'm sure you all don't want to do that. Um, we want to also give an opportunity for you all to ask some questions of the panelists
2: here. Yeah, so we actually got a volunteer who already said she wanted to ask the first two questions. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, may I introduce you Fatma? Actually, from uh, she's the commun- communication specialist at the UN, the United Nations, and she has also done a great job at the, um, with the United Nations women before.
9: Hello everyone. Uh, thank you so much. It's uh, well, I'm going to speak on my personal capacity here because I'm on holidays. Uh, but yeah, but I'm uh, <laughs> I'm working uh, in the gender field at the at the United Nations. But I'm also a research associate at the School of Foreign and African Studies, where I've done uh, my research was about looking at non-Western feminism. Uh, And through through the research I've done, um, I've been looking at the origins of uh, gender equality in the United Nations. And I've discovered that four women were actually uh, part of signing the United United Nations Charter in 1945. one of them was Chinese. So we had someone from Brazil, a woman from Brazil, someone from a uh, from Dominican Republic, a woman from uh, the U.S., and, uh, and a woman called Wu Fiyang, um, from China. And I've, so, I, so I have two questions here. One is how much is she known here in China? Uh, are there a lot of research about her? If not, how can we, how do you think we can encourage more women to do uh, research about the history of gender equality and how it can serve uh, as role models? So, a lot of questions, I know. Thanks. And then my other question is. whenever I speak about gender equality and I tell myself as a feminist, I get always the same kind of reaction, which is, oh, what, a feminist? As if I was sick or something. Um, so my question is how can we build more ownership around this and how can we get the message that feminism is actually a synonym for equality? So I don't know if you have experienced, uh, if, I mean, if you call yourself a feminist and also how, is th- how this is perceived uh, here. Mm, Thank you. Okay,
3: Um, so we've had a little discussion here, Um, (laughs) so so welcome, great questions, Um, I think we're going to have Eleanor answer the second question, and then the first one I think we're going to get your contact information and get back to you on that. Um, Well, maybe quick show of hands. Who in the audience has heard of this person?
8: Anyone? Okay. Nobody
3: knows. All right, no one knows. uh, So we'll answer the second question, and then we can have a part two of this
5: discussion. So thank you for the great question and for raising this name that we all now have to research. (laughs) She Leads has recently started on their social media feed featuring different female leaders each week. And this would be a great one to feature so we can all learn. Thank you. (laughs) So in terms of the the second question about um, identifying yourself as a feminist and some of the different responses that you get, I think... um, congratulations if that's part of your identity. It's really about awareness raising about what that means. So to me, feminism is simply the belief that human rights are women's rights. Women's rights are equal to those of men. So my 12 year old son identifies himself as a feminist. So (laughs) um, the more we can just explain that simple equation, and the more we can raise the next generation to male and female alike to embrace it, the better we will all be.
3: Thank you for answering that question, Eleanor. Anyone else wanna ask a question? I'm gonna get up. Okay. Thank you, guys. Thank you.
8: And I was uh, actually have several uh, questions. Firstly, I want to say I want to say three. Okay. Okay. I try I try to make two. Okay. Uh, <laughs> just one. Oh, just one. Okay. Let's also. Okay. Let's let me pick up the most important one. Actually, I'm a person who has a lot of questions, okay? Anyway, so uh, I actually, I'm a Chinese teacher. I just started my company, which is that's Chinese. And uh, it's quite new, but I found a problem for myself or for my uh, resource, be, how around me. The problem is like, you know, we do the business in China. We found that the key word is guanxi, relationship. So that means the re, uh, resource we we are going to have or we already have. So I I I don't know how our uh, speakers today think about this kind of problem. I think it it's kind of an old question but I still want to know how nowadays people think about that. About relationship? Yeah, I mean, yes,
6: the it's about Okay. Okay. Mm. You know I'm a lawyer, so usually people say that being a good lawyer, maybe you have good guanxi or collection or contact with the government, with the court, with the judges, with the clients. So it depends on you, how you do things. Whether you will do things only rely on your collection or your guanxi, or you do things in a proper way, you have very good technique, and you have very good personality and you do things properly and with very good connection with your clients with your relationship and you make your things go smoothly and you can do so that means that you should based on your personal skills products and your your uniqueness but not focus on the 关系，关系 关系 is something something,锦上添花, makes things better, not things that basically. So that's my point.
0: Well, um, yes, to add on a little bit, um, we do need connections, otherwise we cannot make things happen. But uh, I, I think since the generation change, and you know, my father always told me once, you know, I'm working for human resources, so sometimes I will go to the schools to find an internship, something like that. My dad always called me and you know, you don't drink too much. <laughs> <laughs> to be careful about those dinners and lunch. But you know what I really find out? I, I go to those schools. If the school is good, they, on the table, they will not, you know, save you, serve you massive of drink and food to get you drunk and, you know, to do the relationship. We do it in a business way. We, we find out if our product is good or not. Try attracting them by your product, not only used as a way, traditional way. It's actually out of date now, yeah. thank you.
3: Thank you.
6: Um, my name's Judy, um, I'm from Risk and Nintendo. I'm actually working here. I really want to take this great chance to welcome you. And also I want to ask uh, this question from a different way. Like nowadays we usually talk and we emphasize a lot about like um, the rights for, for female. So what um, do you think, Like for, for uh, male leaders, what do you think? Is it an unfair thing? Because in some organization
2: or companies, I know uh, they will have some kind of policy that are you have at least like half and half or 40% to 60%. So what uh, do female leaders think? And what do uh, male leaders think also? Thank you, that's my question. <laughs>
4: I think that's a great question. Um, you know as I, as I look around uh, in my own field, uh, there's a strong push to uh, encourage more female leaders to, to take the top positions. Um, I'm also competing for those top positions. Yeah. So should I, you know should I try to help people to pass me up? Or should I try to block them and take the job myself? you know I, I think it's a individual decision that people have to make, but uh, for me uh, I don't want to stop somebody else from succeeding I want to, I want to help people to succeed, especially uh, the people in my in my circle the, my I won't say ment- my mentees, but people who I know are good, I want them to also succeed and if they pass me up, you know'm That's okay because I'm aware that I have had a lot of opportunities that maybe they didn't get at the beginning. So, you know, maybe sometimes I'm going to have to be the one to to lose. Um, But I will say just one thing very quickly if you want to change the culture, you have to change the culture for men and for women, which means that you have to reward people for promoting diversity. You have to. The men have to want it and the women have to want it. And so if you can't, if men are not rewarded for promoting diversity, then they're not going to do it. And so we have to keep that in mind and find ways to reward men and women for promoting diversity in gender, in orientation, perhaps in race, whatever the the diversity goal is. So I'm coming
3: to you, but um, one point that Jim made that I want to emphasize is the fact that he said there were certain advantages or privileges that he had that perhaps the women did not have. So you all, most of you, hopefully, have heard of the term male privilege or you know, and race. You heard white privilege. So whatever that is. But acknowledging there are certain privileges that he may have had that the women didn't and he's okay to allow the women to compete with him and if she passes him up, that's okay. I want you all to kind of remember that for tonight because that is a very important point.
5: So this is for Jim. <laughs>
6: <laughs> you Jim attention. I, um, I have to say that I respectfully disagree
5: with having to reward men for promoting women, or I don't agree at all. Um, And also, I've heard
6: you saying that women, they're being in politics um, for basically less time than men, that's a fact, so they have entered politics, and maybe they haven't achieved, correct me if I'm wrong, Uh, They haven't achieved seniority levels or high levels because of seniority. I would like to know your definition of seniority.
4: Well, first of all, thank you for uh, respectfully disagreeing. (laughs) Um, I hope that, you know, I I don't expect everyone to agree with me. And, uh, you know, that's why we're having the the discussion. So, you know, we can have more discussion later on if you'd like. So in terms of seniority what I'm talking about is within within my organization which is the government right and so as a as a government employee we all come in at a at a certain level you have to spend a certain number of years at a certain level before you can raise up to the next level and then a certain number of years before you can raise up to the next level and it's not merit based i mean it's you know you have to be in a position for a certain number of years before you're eligible to be considered for a promotion and so, um, for me, uh, I'm competing for promotion with people who came into the State Department uh, around the same time I did. At that time, there were fewer women coming into the State Department, and so now there are there are also fewer women who have uh, had the opportunity to rise up through the bureaucracy to the same level that I'm at now. So that's what I mean when I'm talking about seniority. It has nothing to do with your abilities. It has nothing to do with your uh, skill level. It has, in my in my institution, it has to do with the amount of time you've spent at a grade or in a in a position and a level before you're eligible to be promoted to the next level. So, we still have in the U.S. government uh, a system that is very hierarchical and bureaucratic. A deficit of women who have. Been in long enough to have risen up the ladder to the positions, uh, you know the more senior positions in many agencies, not across the board.
3: Thank you for that question, and thank you for answering it. So one lucky person, I think we can do one last question. If I have a prize, I'll give you a prize, but I don't. All right. And then um, for the panelists, if you can think about in one sentence what is one piece of advice or final thought you would like to leave the audience with? So think about that while we
10: get this most
8: beautiful video. Uh,
10: thank you so much for your uh, insights about the uh, pushing the equality between women and men. I have a very specific question that in my personal experience, I have seen men sometimes overly boasting or can I say uh, have a tendency to be so full of themselves? As sometimes even when they don't actually do much, uh, but they get to the top and they just exhibit such a confidence. Sometimes may not they may not deserve that much. So my my question is because I have a daughter and I want her to become very confident and I don't want her to. Uh, be influenced negatively by this culture of you know men can surpassing women or, or overshadowing women. So I want to know the specifics in what what is happening in this culture that has made men so easily be confident and women seem to you know t- be so timid. What what are those things?
7: Yeah, very good question and I, I I can relate to you. I think there's some men that are overconfident and they maybe have been more privileged and lucky to rise up to the top faster because of connections or um, race or um, whatever of from which family background they come from. Uh, but there's also, in my career, I mean, I'm very lucky in a van right now, but in my career when I was younger because I was a gay open man, I always sometimes had to prove myself more than other straight men because of, of, of my sexual orientation, for example. But my advice is that I think there's equally many confident women these days out there and there's equally many confident men out there. I think it really depends on how parents raise their children um, uh, I was raised to, to speak my mind at a dinner table every night and I was not judged for my opinion. I think it also has to do something with the culture and with the upbringing. Uh, especially in Asia, sometimes I think uh, children are raised, they can never talk back to the teacher or they can never talk back to their parents. Um, when I moved three years to Shingdu and in my team, sometimes I doesn't matter male or female, I, you know, I told them a uh, situation and I wanted to give their feedback, but they were very scared uh, of giving me that feedback because culturally they are programmed of not speaking up. Um, and luckily now after three years they know me and um, I guess I instilled the culture when they speak up, they don't get judged for it and I welcome feedback Uh, And I also sometimes have to teach them a lesson. If they don't give me the feedback and they complain later, I I disregard the feedback later because I always give them the equal opportunity uh, to speak up. So I think it's very important um, how uh, we influence man or female um, in, in, in a company, in a family home or as friends. To become them more, so they become more confident and can speak up in their life.
5: So, just to add to that very, very briefly yes, it has everything to do with upbringing and culture. And there is a huge imbalance between men and women on this, I think across many cultures, because women are socialized more than men uh, to be extremely modest and they're penalized in the workplace more than men, if they're seen to be too boastful. But I personally, since working in Chengdu for the last year and a half, have been so... It's been such an education to learn how deep-rooted some things are here in China. When someone gives a woman a compliment, in the United States, you say, why, thank you. And here, you say, nolly, nolly. (laughs) Okay, men and women, men and women, all right. Um, So just the other day, I complimented a senior leader in our organization who happens to be a woman on this fantastic presentation. And she said, oh, it was really just very little that I did. It built on somebody else's. And it took me going to that somebody else's presentation that was a year old to realize, no, she had done 99% of the work but didn't feel comfortable with me complimenting her on it. So she's credited someone else with the work. So correcting that imbalance that you spoke about begins with you.
3: Thank you to both of you. Now I'm gonna go in reverse, start with you Kurt, with your one sentence Last piece of advice. <laughs> You're
8: laughing. So, <laughs> right? <laughs> <have> <laughs> Yeah are I I, I like to start. So, now we're going to start. So,
2: now
7: we're going to start. So, now are going to be future mothers or are going to all of you have an influence to either influence your daughter or your son you can influence your son to treat everyone fairly doesn't matter women male uh, sexual orientation color so when they become leaders in the future they practice fair leadership in the workplace and also maybe encourage more males in china to do women's jobs i don't see here in china yet um kind of a progress like in europe and america that we have for example female nurses. Nobody talks about that because then also you change yeah. male nurses, right? Then you change the gender imbalance in a different way and hopefully like in Austria, sorry, I have a long sentence, <laughs> that um, like in my country in Austria, we re- we really look after women that are pregnant. There is a law in Austria when you come back from maternity leave, the employer before has to give you back the same job in the same position so there's never a in Austria with any women that they're gonna lose the job or they don't have the same position or don't have a career if they're pregnant so hopefully this law can be introduced anywhere in the world
6: okay so i did not listen much to the translator because Kurt has mentioned all the words i've already think about <laughs> so during the past one minute i just think about what i should say as my words uh, okay and um, to make it easy and simple, because we got only one chance and speaking one sentence, so change the world from to start it by changing your mindset. Um. <laughs> okay.
4: By
3: the way, I threw that last yeah. one on them. That was not part of the yeah. stepping. So. Uh.
4: <laughs> Sorry. Um. To make a change, you have to call out the behavior publicly that you want to change
5: You can do hard things and it just takes believing in yourself all
8: right
0: um, Forget about a male or female, if you think you're a leader, you're a leader, okay? Um, Second of all, if you want to have a place to think, you can come to FLAME. Thank
8: you.
3: Well, with that, I want to say thank you to all the wonderful panelists and all the great words of wisdom. Uh, it's, It's such a pleasure, actually, to be up here with you.
8: Um, so thank you. thank
3: you. And thank you to all the uh, people who ask questions and.
0: Doing business in China is a complex world. You can quickly feel alone and lost in its maze. But don't worry, China business cast is here for you. Sign up for our newsletter and regular updates on our website at www.chinabusinesscast.com. Thanks for tuning in.